Hey, thanks for listening to the Grace Auburn Church Podcast. This week, lead pastor Matt Dean leads us through Psalm 139. Welcome. I've been away for a few weeks, and it was a great uh, blessing to be a part uh, and to rest with my family for the last few Sundays. But uh, we've been working through the Psalms this summer in a series called You Are So I Will. And it's been in part to help us recognize that in all circumstances, that the human heart, the human emotion is, is perfectly displayed and revealed in Scripture. And we see as we look in the Psalms that there are people that proclaim something's not right. I'm, I'm feeling this or I'm fearing this. There is evil around me. What do I do? God, I will trust in you. And for the past several weeks, we've been looking at different passages in the book of Psalms that are written to give heart and give voice and give language to people that are experiencing heartache and suffering or joy in the presence of God. And I don't know where you are this morning, but I pray that this would be a powerful interaction between you and the Holy Spirit and his perfect word as he tends to and desires to instruct and correct us every day throughout all days. And so if you've got your Bibles, look at Psalm 139 with me. We're going to read it right through, and then we're going to look at it together. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths or Sheol, you are there. If I take wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light to you. You formed me in my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. Blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me everlasting. David, when he wrote that, he was trying to, I think, wrap his heart around and reveal the greatness of the power and the presence of God. 
And as he was writing these words, there are four specific truths, I think, that stand out. Number one is that God knows everything. Okay, that's, that's clear, that God is everywhere. We can't, we can't run from his presence. God can do anything. This is true, and God will deal with everyone, even the enemies. So as we think about that this morning, let's think along these lines. God knows everything, and God is everywhere. God can do anything, and God will deal with everyone. I say that because some of you need to know that God knows. There may be situations in your life where you feel incredibly alone or isolated. He knows. It's also good to remember for some of you that you can't run from his presence. You might be able to ignore it, but you can't run. And some of you, even though you're not alone, you woke up alone thinking that you are alone, feeling that you are alone when the truth is you're not alone because he's never left you alone. Another thing to remember this morning is that he can do anything. He can take bad things and make them good in the people that he's loved and called his own. And some of you may be in the middle of suffering, of injustice, of evil, of experiencing great heartache and brokenness. I just want you to know that God, he's the great redeemer. That's his name, the great redeemer. But then others of you may be facing circumstances where because of nothing to do with you, outside of you, it would be great and relieving to know that God will deal with evil in the world, that he will deal with everyone in the world. Now, for those of us who are in Christ, he does not deal with us according to what our iniquities deserve. But for those outside of Christ, you can rest assured and rest in this fact. God will deal with everyone. And when David was writing this, there were enemies all around, and he said, do I not hate those who hate you? He, he was trying to identify with a righteous sense of anger, saying there's still evil all around me, but God, I'm going to trust you for that. So let's look at these first few verses together, verses 1 through 6, as we come around this thought that God knows everything. O oh Lord, you have searched me and you've known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down, and you are acquainted with all my ways. Is that comforting? Think about this. Here's a gospel moment for you. He's acquainted with all your ways. Let me just remind you, not just your good ways. He knows when you're going to do that thing that you said you'd never do again. He knows all your ways. He knows your tendencies. He knows your coping mechanisms. He knows your fears and your anxieties. He knows what you're afraid of. He knows your heartache. He feels your pain. He, he knows all your ways. He knows what you do and what I do in moments of isolation or exhaustion. He knows those things. He's familiar with all of our ways. For some of you, you need to remember this morning, even still, he loves you, even though he knows all your ways. He knows all your ways. Think about this. Even before you say a word, he already knows it. He knows that I'm about to say he knows. He, know, he knows. He knew when my first word was, and he knows when my last word will be. Here's a great thought. Our first word after our last word, he knows. He, know, he knows those words. He's always around us. He hems us in behind and before, and he lays his hand upon me. Such knowledge, David says, is too wonderful. It's too, it's too high for me. I cannot 
I cannot attain it. Charles Spurgeon said this, the Lord knows us thoroughly as if he has examined us minutely and had pried into the secret corners of our being. And this infallible knowledge has always existed. I don't want to overwhelm you with quotes, but if there's a quote I can read to you this morning, I want to read to you what Tozer thought about God knowing. It's so powerful. I'm going to read it slowly because it's going to take, it's going to take a moment to take this in. But this will be such an encouragement to you. A.W. Tozer was thinking about the knowledge of God. This is in his book called The Knowledge of the Holy. Listen, listen to Tozer reflect on the fact that God knows everything. He knows. He possesses perfect knowledge and has no need to learn. God perfectly knows himself and knows all that can be known. And this he knows instantly and with a fullness of perfection that includes every possible item of knowledge concerning everything that exists or could have existed anywhere in the universe at any time in the past or that may exist in the centuries or ages yet unborn. God knows instantly and effortlessly all matter and all matters, all mind and every mind, all spirit and all spirits. God knows all being and every being. God knows all creaturehood and all creatures. God knows every, every plurality and all pluralities. God knows all law and every law, all relations, all causes, all thoughts, all mysteries, all enigmas, all feeling, all desires, every unuttered secret, all thrones and dominions, all personalities and all things visible and invisible and in heaven and on earth. He knows all motion, all space, all time, all life, all death, all good, all evil, all heaven, all hell. He knows all things perfectly. He knows no thing better than any other thing, but all things equally well. He never discovers anything. He is never surprised. He knows, <laughs> which means he knows you. He knows what's going on in your life. He knew what was going on in David's life when he wrote this. He knows. I want you to write somewhere in your Bible, he knows. If anyone else doesn't know, rest assured, he knows. He knows what you've suffered. He knows your secrets. He knows your shame. He knows your successes. He knows you, and in Christ, he is free forever to love and fully accept you. He knows you. Yesterday morning, I was making breakfast for my family, and my three-year-old daughter wants to help. I know she wants to help. I also know just how much she can help. Does that make sense? And so when I handed her two dozen eggs, and she's like, can I make scrambled eggs? I knew what she could do. I knew what she could handle and not handle. Does that make sense? God is the same way, and she's like, can I please help make breakfast? Yes, absolutely. What can I do? Can I, can I cook with heat? No, you're three. Can I break the eggs? Probably not, or we'll be eating shells all morning. And I said, Bets, I know. Would you please hand me the eggs? Here's her response. Thank you, Daddy. And her greatest desire was to take the eggs from the carton right here and one at a time, give it to me. And 21 eggs later, <laughs> we had cracked all the eggs and she was in the story with me making breakfast. You know, some of us were like, here I am, Lord, send me. 
I will go to the ends of the earth for the sake and glory of Jesus. Okay, let's go. And we get there, but he's already been there. For some of us, we surrender our lives here, right here. God, I will leverage my life with all that I have and all that I am for your kingdom right here. He knows. Okay, let's go. But make no bones about it. We are simply handing him our best effort. There's no one more committed to the kingdom of God than God. There's no one more at work in the kingdom of God than God. There's no one that loves unreached people and unreached places more than God. And he's entrusted his church to carry his name, but I assure you, if you're going or if you're there, he's with you, and he knows. He knows what's going on in your life. Hebrews chapter four says this, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Let's look at these next verses in Psalm 139, verses seven through 12 we'll see that he is with us in the heights or depths, that he is with us in the east or west, and he is with us in the dark or light. Let's listen to David's words. Where should I go from your spirit? Or where should I go from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, that, that word means uh, the underworld or the depths. So if I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness will cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as, is as light with you. We need to know this morning and take heart that not only does he know everything, but he is everywhere. That includes the moments when you want to pretend he's not. I just want to, again, give you another gospel reminder this morning. He has always been with you. He has seen every misdeed in the dark, yours and mine. He knows everything you've said, thought, and done, and will do. He is everywhere. He knows it. He was there. He is here. He is with you, and he will be with you. And Jesus died on the cross, knowing full well all the moments that he would be with you in your darkest moments of sin. And for the joy set before him, he took on the cross with all of its shame. God is everywhere, and that should change the way we think, right? David is saying, I can't, I can't flee from you. I could go to the depths. I could go to the east. I could go to the west. I could, I could dive into the deepest part of the ocean. Even there, you are with me. So I just want to encourage you this morning he is with you here. He's with you in the car. He's with you at the gym. He's with you in the shower. He's with you in the lawnmower in the front yard. He's with you at work. He is with you in the closet. He is with you at the kitchen sink. He is with you in the attic when it's really hot in the crawl space. He is with you everywhere you go. He's with you at Walmart. He's with you at Publix. I don't know which one he likes better, but he's there <laughs> at both, right? He's with you on your darkest days. He's with you on your last day. He is, he's with you. He's the God who is. He is with you. C.S. Lewis says, we may ignore, but we can nowhere evade the presence of God. We may ignore, but we can nowhere evade the presence of God. He says, the world is crowded with him. The world is crowded with him. He walks everywhere incognito. 
Um, a few years ago, my family and I, we lived 6,804 miles from here on the other side of earth in a closed country that was literally very, very, very cold. And we were isolated. We were lonely. Our ministry efforts and endeavors were going quite slowless, slow and arguably fruitlessly. We were discouraged. And we were having difficulty on our team. We, I, was, I was struggling as a Christ follower to figure out, okay, you, you called us here to this very place, and yet this is one of the most difficult assignments. And we were just feeling very, very isolated, which is one of the reasons why every week we pray for unreached people and unreached places, because we don't want to forget about the men and women and the boys and girls that are sacrificially suffering on the field for the sake of Christ. We don't ever want to forget that there are people literally laying their lives down in closed access countries. And that being a part of that for a season in our life, it was extremely, extremely isolating. And one of these moments where we were reminded that God was everywhere, including with us in this hard and difficult place, and only the way that God can do, I'm sure you've experienced this too in your life, where there's just a detail in your life that only he could work out. Check out this detail. We are 6,800 miles from here in a, in a city uh, overwhelmingly of people that don't look anything like us speaking the language, not like the language that I'm speaking. We were fully immersed in a totally different world. And through my wife's mother and a cousin, we discovered that we had a cousin in the same town doing the same thing with the same ultimate goals in mind. How about that? They lived 18 minutes from us, 6,800 miles away from home. And God would use this sweet family not only to encourage us and to uh, shepherd us, but we would also be able to shepherd them. And in a very specific health crisis with one of my children, uh, that husband, that wife, and I prayed for healing because there was no medical option available, and God healed what was going on in my son's life. Let's talk about details. He is everywhere, and there's not a circumstance in your life or in the world that he is not fully aware of. I want you to know what it's like to be seen. You are seen by God. He knows you. He knows what's going on in your life. Verses 13 through 18 is a reminder that God can do anything. He knows everything. He is everywhere, and God can do anything. Let's look at this together. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. If there's ever a verse that points to the sanctity of life, Amen. it's right there. Amen. There may be someone in this room today who is pregnant right now, and I assure you he is forming that little boy or girl perfectly, fearfully, wonderfully. David says, you formed my inward parts. You, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I want to put my arm around you in a moment today just to say that some of you are struggling with you. You're struggling with what you look like when you see you or what you fear when you think alone or what you feel when you're all alone. And I know the human condition. I know my condition. Can I just remind you this morning, the God of the universe made you. That's got to matter. It absolutely has 
to matter. And if you're struggling medically or if you're struggling with anxiety or if you're struggling physically, I just want to remind you, you still nevertheless are fearfully and wonderfully made. The way I see that most clearly sometimes is through my daughter with Down syndrome. She, she's just on a different plane. And her favorite thing wonderfully made person is to sit in front of the speaker and sing to Jesus. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. She was made for the glory of God. She can't write. She can't read. Sometimes we can barely understand what she is saying, but she is singing every song with all of her heart. She is fearfully and wonderfully made. But it doesn't take Down syndrome to see that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Even in the awkward teenage years, you are still fearfully and wonderfully made. Even if you're heavier than you want to be or not as big as you'd like to be, you are still fearfully and wonderfully made. Fully at rest at any point and you're struggling with anxiety, you are still fearfully and wonderfully made. If you're prone to be melancholy, you are still fearfully and wonderfully made. If you just got diagnosed with cancer, you are still fearfully and wonderfully made. If something is physically wrong with you, glory to God, you are still fearfully and wonderfully made. He made you. He loves you. He knows you. He's with you. He made you. It says, my frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in the secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me. Flip back to Psalm 138, the last verse of Psalm 138. David said it this way, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love endures forever. You can rest assured that God will fulfill his purpose for you. Back to Psalm 139, it says, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me. This is what it means. All your days, he knows. All your days in Christ, he has secured. All your days, the span of your life, he knows. And when your last word on earth, just remember your first word with him will be Jesus or hello or finally or wow or oh God or I'm in a new body in a new mind with new eyes and I never even thought I would see something, behold something so beautiful. But I'll be there with you. And I'm just going to go on and commit that my first word and faith will great redeemer. We keep reading through. He says, how precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. If I awake, I'm still with you. Some of you woke up this morning extremely lonely. Just remember, he's still with you. And then David begins to talk about this grief that he has around him. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. O men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. Search me, O God. I count them with enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. 
as he's writing about this, um, one of the things that we know is that David was in violent situations, and yet he was resting in the promise that God will deal with everyone. And you can rest in that promise too. With injustice around you, you can rest in the fact that he will deal with everyone. And so his invitation is, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there's any grievous way in me. On the thought of um, him and his power of making us, listen to this one quote from James Merritt. It says this, a single thread of DNA from one human cell contains information equivalent to a library of a thousand volumes or 600,000 printed pages with 500 words on every page. At conception, one embryo has the equivalent of 50 times the amount of information in the entire Encyclopedia Britannica. He knows you. He formed you. He's well aware of the enemies around you. He knows everything. He is everywhere. He can do anything and he will deal with everyone. Paul, he understood this. In Colossians chapter 1, as he was reflecting on this greatness of God, this is what he said. He says, He is the image of the invisible God, speaking of Jesus, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him, all things hold together. Second Timothy, here's another reminder for us. It says, he has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And finally, Ephesians chapter three, that says this, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. When we think about this thought of you are, so I will, I want us to conclude with these thoughts this morning. God, you are the one who knows me, so I will seek to know you. We talked about that last week. What does it look like to cultivate our relationship with Christ? God, you are God, you are the one who knows my thoughts, so I will think of you more. Anyone struggle with that? Can we just determine and ask that we're just going to be more thoughtful with and about God today? God, you are acquainted with all my ways, so here's the, so I will. So I will acknowledge you in all my ways. That acknowledgement comes with a promise that he'll make your path straight. God, you are aware when I sit and when I rise, so I will try not to ignore you. Sit and when we rise. So we will, let's try not to ignore him. God, you are aware of every word on my tongue, so I will say what is right, true, and good. God, you are everywhere I go, so I will look for ways that you are at work in my life. God, you are the one who made me, so I will honor your creation. You made me fearfully and wonderfully. I want to honor how you've made me. God, you are sovereign over all my days, so I will trust your plans and your purpose for my life. What would you rather, 
self-determinism or a surrendered life to him. God, you're sovereign over all my days, so I will trust your plans and your purpose for my life. God, you were able to bring about justice, so I will trust your wisdom and power to always, he will always do the right thing. God, you are good to me, so I will praise your name. Would you pray with me? Thanks again for listening this week. You can find out more about Grace Auburn Church online at graceauburn.church.